opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Pleasanton, California, less than 10 miles from my home in Livermore, is the home of a company called Iris Vision. And they help the visually impaired see clearly and live fully. How does the company do this? Iris Vision has invented a user-friendly headset that helps low-vision individuals regain or more fully utilize their sight. To tell us more about the headset are... Iris Vision founder, Dr. Frank Werblin, and the company's CEO, Ahmad Khan. Hello, everyone. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Tell us about yourselves. Frank, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, I could start, but uh, to, tell me about, to tell you about myself, I really have to talk about me and Ahmad. We came together about three and a half years ago with a dream of creating a device that would help people with low vision see better using modern technology. And the modern technology that we use is the smartphone. We, we conceived of this together, we tested it, we fielded it, we refined it, um, tested it again, and ultimately we uh, commercialized it. And it's a, it's a product that's available now uh, throughout the country. We've sold thousands of these. And we have a number of satisfied, a large number of satisfied users whose lives have been transformed by the use of this device. Thousands of them. Nice. So you both joined forces. How did you decide to create specifically the Iris Vision headset? Why? So um, when, when we were looking at uh, what the needs of a low vision person are, um, how they function, uh, and what are their goals. We had an idea of the various pieces of technology required. And um, we found that in the Samsung's virtual reality headset combined with a smartphone, we had the basic hardware components. And with Frank's knowledge uh, and understanding of the visual process, we knew that the next step would be for us to develop the software pieces required to reverse engineer the eye conditions that are affecting that individual. So putting it all together, we created this technology that helps people uh, do all the things they need to do every day and they love doing. Helps people see, clean, cook, watch TV. We'll get into more on the features of the headset, but how does it work? I understand it's very easy to use. Well, one way to think about this, Brian, is that people who are visually disabled see a world that's quite different from the normal world. The world that they see is either blurred or expanded or contracted or distorted or skewed, uh, depending upon the eye condition. And what we're able to do with our device is to remap the visual world, kind of reverse the distortions that these people see so that they're able to function uh, uh, in the visual world in a relatively normal way. We can bring people back to life with this, with this device. I can tell you a story about Liz Raymer, 
who uh, at 87 was pretty much visually isolated from the world. And when she started to use this headset, when I first put it on her, she was able to see flowers in her kitchen. She almost was overcome with the joy of the colors that she saw. Then she went on to use this device to play cards with her grandchildren. She had never seen her grandchildren before. Now she could see them, the expressions on their face, and the cards that she was playing with. That's exciting. Um, now, how big is the headset? I hear it's just over a pound. It is. It, it weighs about, I think, about 400 grams. Um, it looks like, um, you know, uh, what sometimes people refer to as um, um, skiing goggles. It's about that size. But it's very comfortable to wear because Samsung designed it for people to use it for hours, uh, you know, watching videos and playing video games using the virtual reality technology. But we leveraged that and turned it into a life-changing device uh, so that people could see better, those who are visually impaired. Yeah, that's not too heavy at all. Ahmad, how's the device designed for comfort and easy to control? So we, we knew that it would, you know, we would have to put a device together, um, understanding the, uh, the people uh, that are impacted uh, by vision impairments. A majority of them are over the age of 65. Making it easy to operate was one of our priorities. Uh, we have thought about the entire user experience from the very start. So the device with one touch is ready to go. You just press one button for it to start. Uh, we made charging really easy. Uh, we include inductive charging or in other words, wireless charging. So they don't have to find the charging cord and try to you know, point the way we do uh, to charge our smartphones. It's very easy to charge. The operation is really controlled by two buttons. You can do pretty much everything that you want to do after learning how to operate two buttons on the device and the touchpad, which operates more or less like a mouse uh, touchpad on a computer. Dr. Werblin, you both were mentioning some of the testimonials from users um, earlier. What, t tell us about some of the specific users of the device um, and, and tell us what do they think of the device and how do they use it? We have users that range from high school students to people who are over 100 years old. And we have wonderful stories about people at every age. One of my favorite is the story about James, who lives in Southern California, who was terribly depressed because he couldn't see the front of the classroom. He actually stopped going to school. We put this device on him, and he literally came alive. He was able to read the blackboard and was able to make plans to continue high school and even go on to college. And if it hadn't been for this device, I suspect, you know, his life would have been uh, extremely limited. And uh, I'm thrilled to hear stories like this about young people and older people as well. That's amazing. Um, has anybody been able to play any video games on the headset? Ahmad, why don't you answer? Oh, yeah, we, you know, there's, um, I met with a 17-year-old young man um, uh, who, who became visually impaired. Um, and video gaming was one of uh, the top things on his list. Uh, 
um, Iris Vision is integrating all of the, you know, items from the digital world that were previously inaccessible to the visually impaired people. So using the headset, you can see your TV screen so much better. So uh, Blake told me that he's able to look at his TV screen fully and able to watch videos and play video games using Iris Vision. What warranty does the device come with for users? We include a two-year warranty with, uh, with the unit. It covers uh, you know, all hardware and uh, includes software updates as well. Great. Um, the headset features several viewing and reading modes. What are some of these modes and how do they work? Well, we have a general um, viewing mode that offers uh, assistance to people with uh, macular degeneration or other forms of central vision loss. And we have a complementary mode that works for people who have retinitis pigmentosa and other forms of peripheral vision loss. We also have um, reading modes, a variety of reading modes. Uh, in some, one case, we are able to have the device actually read to you. And in addition, you can watch streaming TV, you can take snapshots, you can store images. What else have I left out, Ahmad? Yeah, we, you know, we think about the specific goals that a person has uh, every day. Sometimes you're doing spot reading when you're trying to read a pill bottle or the label on uh, you know, uh, canned food or items in the refrigerator. So there are modes designed specifically that will provide you the high contrast and fine point reading. At the same time, if you want to do some, look at something distance, if you're at a movie theater, want to see what movies are playing, there are modes designed to help you see those items uh, or those lists at distance and um, um, in a way that you're, um, you can still read. In addition there's also, to, a, oh, there's so, also a bubble view mode. This yeah. isn't where you see actual bubbles, right? Well, the, the bubble is actually a small telescope that's embedded in, in the overall scene. So that you can look at the scene, pick out some area where you want to examine things more closely, point the bubble at that, and that will magnify that for you. But I wanted to point out that in addition to the modes, there are some other features of the device that are extremely helpful. So for example, the smartphone itself has a really excellent low light camera. So people who have difficulty seeing in twilight are now able to see that as well, those distortions. Okay, that's interesting. There's also um, voice commands with Google Assistant on the device. How do, how do those work? Ahmad? Sure. Um, so Brian, again, goes back to the overall user experience. Um, you know, as I described earlier, a couple of buttons help the user do a lot of different things on the device uh, based on what their goals are. We wanted to make it even more convenient for them. Um, so voice command, which is backed by artificial intelligence uh, and natural language processing, allows a person to say things like, make something brighter or make something bigger. Um, they can also, because we have Alexa integrated in Iris Vision, they could talk to the system and say, what is the weather like today? Um, and if, they, if there's a certain thing they want to do in the system, 
instead of using the touchpad or the buttons on the device, they could just ask the device to do that for them, such as uh, if they're looking at, for example, at a face at a distance, they could tell the system to say, set the zoom to 5x so they can see that face up close. This device also also works like a futuristic device. There's other features on it that lets users watch YouTube videos and actually take pictures and put them into a gallery, just like your iPhone. How do you do that? So on one side, Brian, we developed uh, you know the modes or what I sometimes refer to as digital lenses that are meant for performing specific tasks day to day, such as reading or watching TV. Um, and on the other side, we were aware that our uh, you know visually impaired um, friends want to do want to enjoy the digital world that's rapidly expanding. You know, with Netflix and YouTube type of applications available. Um, so Iris Vision um, is the first company to include uh, cool features like that. So a um, you know Tom, one of our uh, visually impaired team members, would put on the device with just one touch, and he could say, um, "Okay, Iris, play a cute baby video for me." And without having to navigate like a regularly sighted person through a list, the system will do all of the hard work for Tom, and it will line up a series of videos for him, which he can play one by one and enjoy uh, in an IMAX style screen. How does the device provide white glove support and also free software updates? I know with these new devices, you gotta always update the software and always update the apps. How does the headset do just that? I'm up. Frank, could you please take that one? We have uh, a team of trainers who are themselves visually disabled, who are standing by on the phone to help uh, our customers uh, become more and more familiar with the device. We begin training them before they even receive the device, and we stay with them as long as necessary to keep them uh, active with, with, with the device itself. And One of the interesting features about this is that people, as they begin to use it more and more, their uh, capabilities expand tremendously. Someone who's gotten the device, for example, to read the newspaper discovers that they can go to the theater with it. People who bought the device because they wanted to read pill bottles discover that it's wonderful to drive in the cars and as a passenger and look out at the world and actually see what's going on near them. And, and to add to what just Frank just said, um, Brian, we have designed an entire ecosystem that supports a person um, who needs assistance with a device like Iris Vision. So building the technology was one part of it. And then um, making it available to this person and then helping them in getting started to learn how to use this new powerful tool that's been provided to them, the training, the onboarding process, and then helping them get the most value out of this investment and helping them do more of the things that they love doing every day. Um, so we thought about this entire process, also recognizing that many people who are visually impaired um, are seniors. 
And sometimes they may or may not have somebody available at home who could be their tech expert. Um, so Iris Vision has designed from the very start, from the process of trial, uh, where we ship a device to anybody in the country where they can enjoy it in the comfort of their home. They try it risk-free um, to try to do the things that they want to do, such as you know watching TV or um, uh, activities of things that make them independent, reading their bills in the lighting of their own house, um, and um, you know going to the kitchen, trying to prepare a meal. They will do all of those things with uh, while uh, being supported by our white glove team uh, as they need instructions on how to use one digital lens versus the other uh, and how the device should be charged, etc. And as they develop these skills, they're able to then call back into our um, customer service team that can educate them on other features um, that they might be interested in learning. Very good. Um, but you have some sales staff and the you you two guys and um, and I also talked to your um, uh, public affairs person as well in setting up this interview. But there must be, even though you're a new company, many more people who make the magic happen to create the headsets and send them out. Tell us about some of these individuals. So yes, it's, it takes a team. Um, you know, I'll start with <clears throat> our, you know, our scientific team, including Dr. Frank Worblin and our collaborators at some of the, uh, the best eye institutes in the country, um, thinking of what else could be built into the system uh, that would help the folks that we are trying to help with our technology, and then a team of engineers that takes that vision. Uh, we have a team of about 10 engineers now that will take the vision from these scientists and physicians and implement it and then test it. And we have a large group of uh, uh, people using our products, so we have the ability to then try out some of these concepts to ensure they work with them. We then work with our clinical partners at Johns Hopkins and Stanford to validate scientifically that these, you know, these ideas, when implemented, actually deliver the value. Um, and then inside the company, we have our salespeople who are talking to various clinics around the country. They are talking to uh, nonprofit agencies such as the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind or Chicago Lighthouse for the Blind, helping them understand uh, what this breakthrough device can do for the populations that they're trying to serve. Uh, Frank mentioned we have an amazing team of uh, low vision trainers who were previously our customers are now participating in helping others understand how this device can change their life. Uh, and of course, the customer service and operations team putting the units together, making sure uh, that when our, when our customers receive the product, have uh, a world-class experience with it. So, um, you know, a group of people every day driven by uh, uh, the goal of helping the visually impaired community. That's fantastic. Um, now, does Iris Vision plan to open any additional offices besides Pleasanton to further expand the reach of the product? Um, we, we have been 
working uh, with the idea of establishing partnerships with a lot of the organizations that already exist. I'll give you an example. Uh, when Vision Australia, uh, the organization Australia responsible for providing um, technologies like Iris Vision to the visually impaired population in Australia heard about us, they already had the infrastructure in place. They had over 30 different offices across the country. So it was easy for us to um, leverage you know, their reach uh, throughout the country. We trained them and they became an extension of our team. We're following the same model in the United Kingdom. Uh, in Canada, we have partnered up with um, CNIB, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. Um, so that's, that, that's our goal for, um, for reaching out to more and more people in the world. Most recently, we've partnered up with Samsung. Um, and Samsung has a global reach. Our goal is to now help millions of people around the world with the technology that we've already created in this small office in Pleasanton um, can reach hundreds of thousands of people uh, through these partnerships. Great. Everyone, how can our listeners buy the headset and how much does it cost? So your listeners can um, go to the Iris Visions website, irisvision.com, or call our toll-free number to speak to one of our salespeople who will understand what their goals are um, and, and you know, the level of vision impairment that they have, um, and then set them up with um, um, a 30-day trial, uh, which is absolutely risk-free. Uh, and the device is uh, being retailed for $2,950. We have a limited subscription plan available as well where um, customers can get the device for $99 a month uh, with, uh, uh, you know, with, with a small down payment. All right, great. Well, everybody, we hope that our listeners will further investigate the Iris Vision headset and potentially improve their vision. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak up. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community.
Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? Then join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and repeats throughout the next seven days on ACB Radio Mainstream. Go to acbradio.org slash mainstream for days and times. You can access the show archive at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. And if you have any feedback about the show, you may contact me at speakout at acbradio.org. Happy listening. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream. ACB Radio, where your listening is our business.